right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast, transsensual, exceptional, experienced. Alfie is getting absolutely tired of hearing that intro. <laughs> he's heard it about four times now. Yep. We're having trouble with the connection, but we are across. What ocean are we crossing each other? Is it the Atlantic? Um, it is the Atlantic, yeah. Okay. Yep. I feel like we should probably know that. I probably should too, but yep. that shows how... How, uh, I'm not going to go into that. Never mind. Um, let's, uh, let's hear those plugs once again, Alfie. Let's, let's yeah. plug yourself, man. Let's people know okay. what's going on. So basically, I write a few articles for Just Arsenal, which is a blogging website, if you don't know. Um, I also make YouTube videos about Arsenal, kind of similar to Daniel, but, uh, yeah, I also, Sport, which, if you know, is a, of a YouTube channel with 100,000 subscribers. And I also have an Arsenal fan page with about 11,000 followers. So, yeah, that's basically it. If you want to go follow that, it's we.love.u.arsenal. Yeah. Check him out. He's got awesome content. I was actually just watching his YouTube uh, before we made this podcast. Me and Alfie have Mm. never met in person. We met over Twitter after my random viral video came out. You might have seen it if you're on Arsenal Twitter with the whole... Gordon Ramsay, Gordon Ramsay thing, whatever yeah. that was. That was, and, that was yeah. hilarious. Thank you. I appreciate mm. that. It was Honestly, I did not mean for it to go viral, and I took about mm. five minutes to make it. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it did. <laughs> and you started a trend. There were a lot of others. Oh, yeah, I know. Mm. And it was annoying because I felt like everyone was stealing my thunder. Mm. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. What's going on, well, man? You got quite a few in, uh, Twitter followers off it, so... I did. It was worth I it. did. I will say, yeah. Mm. I started out at about three hundred. I got up to like five. So I was like, "Wow, what is going on?" Wow. That but, is good. Yep. Enough about me. Enough about Alfie. We're not. Mm. We're not individualistic here. We're talking about the beautiful yeah. Arsenal today. Ar- <laughs> yeah. uh, Alfie, how, how am I sounding? How am I sounding? It's sounding good. Yeah. It's not cutting out like it was before. Okay. Great. Yep. Uh, that was my fault. Mm. Then I had to get somewhere with better connection, but. Mm. Today, ladies and gentlemen, essentially what we're going to be doing is reviewing the first loss in 22 games that Arsenal did have away from home to Southampton. That one was rough. Mm. Um, And then we're going to be doing a little bit of a pregame analysis to the upcoming North London Derby in the Carabao Cup against against the Tottenham Hotspurs. I hope we – I just want to destroy them. Yeah, so do I. Well – we did it a few weeks ago, so why not again? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And hey, mm. figure Mourinho just got sacked, so they yeah. might lose their manager. Yeah, hopefully. I could see I mean, it. I'd love that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Pochettino's quite happy with what he's built at Spurs. And obviously, they're just about to move into the stadium. I don't know. It might be wrong timing. Maybe at the end of the season, though. True, true. Mm. Well, we don't care about either of those teams. Yeah, I don't even shit about them. <laughs> mm. Let's talk about uh, let's let's start off with the Southampton game. Let's start off with the bad, and then we'll get on to the mm. good because we're obviously going to beat Tottenham. So yeah, let's let's talk about the L we took <laughs> to Southampton. Yeah. First loss <sighs> in twenty two games. Mm. Alfie, what do you make of the performance, my friend? Um, I think a lot of people are overreacting. Yes, the result is very, very poor. You shouldn't be conceding three goals at a team that has really struggled to score this season. I think that they were the second worst scoring team in the 
league going into the game. I think they'd scored, what, 12 and 16, something like that. 13 yeah. and 16, something very... Um, and then we concede three against them. Obviously, that is very poor. It's pretty unacceptable. Although I'm not despondent like a lot of people seem to be. They're sort of overreacting about this result. I think the performance wasn't dreadful. There were definitely signs. Uh, obviously, I, I remember... I, I still see progress from the Wenger era. I remember games such as Swansea away last season, which was shambolic, you know, Bournemouth, yep. uh, Newcastle, a lot of games where we were so, so poor, not only defensively, as as in we gave them a lot of chances, but going forward, we offered nothing. In this, I thought we had the better chances. And, you know, I, I felt like they only really had three chances. And then obviously the Yoshida header, which uh, Leno made a great save and then Long was offside for that goal. I think they had four chances in the game. And we had... We missed quite a few. If you think Aubameyang missed a few good chances, um, Lacazette had a header saved. You know, we had the better opportunities, I think. So I think, yeah, although it was three pieces of terrible individual defending, I think collectively we weren't as appalling as everyone's saying defensively. I mean, people people just like to rant, don't they? Yeah. You know, people just like to rant. People like yeah. to, people, Get especially views. Arsenal fans. Love yep. to complain. Yeah. And it was fact of the matter is if you would have asked any one of us, any one of us Arsenal fans at the beginning of the season, mm. looking at last season, if we would have gone on, if we thought we would have gone on a 22 game unbeaten run yeah. or whatever it is, mm. all of us would have said, are you insane? Exactly. Of course we're not. So, mm. Well, have you seen that I video think- of... um? I think it was after the Cardiff game where Robbie was interviewing a fan and then he said, the fan actually said at that point, we'll go 22 games unbeaten now. And then Robbie laughed at him. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah, it was an in- <laughs> interview in Cardiff. Yeah, he said 22, which was quite a random specific number. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he predicted it right. And now that video is going around. But yeah, he someone got it needs right. To, someone needs to break into his house and steal his time machine because he clearly yeah. has one. Yeah. If he saw that. Well, I don't think anyone could have predicted that, particularly looking at the games we've I know a lot of people are saying we didn't really play anyone, but we played Liverpool, we played Spurs, we played United. Mm-hmm. You know, and we played away games which last season we probably would have lost. I think we would have lost to Palace away. I think we probably we probably would have lost to United last season away. I think if you'd, as particularly looking at the away games, if you'd said we would have gone through these away games and only lost one after that Chelsea game, we'd have been laughing, particularly with our away form last season. So, yeah, completely Definitely. agree with that. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you about the whole performance of Southampton. I don't think it was nearly as bad as people are saying. Um, mm. Like you said, a few, you know, really bad defensive errors, especially from, yeah. I thought, I, I will say, I thought Koscielny had a poor game, but I don't yeah. think that that was in. That I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell at Koscielny for that. Exactly, his first game back, first league game yeah. back. First Just came back from back. a horrific injury. Yeah, well, yeah, he's and... not going to be sharp. And ideally, no. we wouldn't have had to play him in that game, but we were forced to. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think you could blame the manager for playing him, and I also don't even exactly. think you could blame Koscielny for being rested. Mm. So yeah, but I think if he'd been playing for a few weeks two of those goals wouldn't have happened. He would have been sharper and closer and followed Ings's sort of runs across him. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. Yeah, he just he just looked like a defender that hasn't played in a while, you know. Mm. So yeah, but Danny Ings did open the scoring in the twentieth minute. Then Mkhitaryan went on to equalize. That was, that was a nice goal from the Armenian. Uh, mm. Good cross in from Nacho Monreal. Like yeah. you were saying earlier, um, like you were saying earlier, another pre-assist from yeah from for Alex Wobie. Wobie. I don't think he had his greatest day, the Nigerian, but mm-hmm. I think there's sort of. I don't know. I think when he gets into the final third, he's a bit, he sort of overthinks things and he's a bit wasteful. He's not always the most precise in his passing in the final third. But one thing we can say is his dribbling from deeper areas and, and sort of driving the team forward with his, obviously very skillful, has improved this season. And again, he has a very good relationship with whoever's playing at left back or left wing back. And Definitely. yeah, very nice play brings it forward. There were quite a few occasions in that first half where he's driving us forward, plays it into Monreal. Monreal, great cross back into Mkhitaryan. And Mkhitaryan, again, we were saying earlier, he's not had the greatest season. I think I was a bit sceptical when he joined and I think that has sort of been justified. I don't think he's been very good this season. I think he's very weak. I don't think he really suits the Premier League. He can get you the odd goal and the important goal, honestly, Essentially, none of his goals have really counted to any anything. I think we haven't won a game when he scored this season, the four goals he scored. But, yeah, it's a good header from him. Yeah, it was good. Um, and it was good to see him scoring, you know, after all the criticism he's been getting. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Mm. But the lead did not last much longer than that. Uh, Danny Ings put in his second goal of the match yeah. right before halftime. So, Arsenal went into the halftime behind by two goals to one. That's something we've... Mm kind of become ever so accustomed to it yeah second half fc yep second exactly second half fc we are never (laughs) winning at halftime we haven't been winning in the premier league at halftime this Mm. season right no we haven't and i still really can't put the nail in it i don't really see what it is um, why this is happening maybe it's a mentality thing maybe Mm. i I don't know what it is but we just seem to not be able to do it in the second half i think looking at that second southampton goal I think I think you can blame Koscielny for both goals for not getting tight enough to Ings, but essentially, obviously we know it's because he's rusty, but I think both of them are, for the first goal, it's a very good cross from target, good header from Ings. And the second goal, it is a wonderful, wonderful chip in from, was it Redmond? Yeah. And then yeah, the dinked yeah. header from Ings. So I, I, as much as you can criticise uh, Koscielny, I think, there wasn't a lot, maybe more in the build-up we could have done, but there's not a lot we could have done. I mean, you don't expect Ings to, the, probably the expected goals for that chance was probably about 0.1. You don't expect Ings to score yeah. from there. So, yeah, I don't think we can blame too much the defence. Obviously, there's defensive issues, and I think this game has sort of reinforced the need for defensive uh, sort of, well, we need to sign some defenders in, in January. Yeah. Definitely a centre-back for me. Mm. Yeah, and Emery, Emery's even come out and he said it. You know, he said we probably need to sign some defenders, especially now that Rob Holdings picked up that serious injury. Yeah. That's really unfortunate. Mm. Puts him out for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, I, we're defense has never exactly been our forte, has it? Yeah, Not well, Mexico, certainly, definitely. I think back in when Wenger came in, he was never really focused on defending, and obviously he inherited a very good defense with, you know, right. Steve Bold, Adams, and that developed. He had a very good defence, but once 
we lost our best defenders. Um, I don't think he ever really coached the defence. I think Unai tried to work on this. He's definitely working on it. I think we have seen improvements as the season gone on. I mean, looking at pre-season and those first two games, we were very poor defensively. But there is definitely still a lot of work. And I think we could take a leaf out of Liverpool's book. Obviously, the signing of a world-class defender would completely change our defence. I think we'd be a lot more solid. Obviously, look at Van Dijk. But do we have the funds? I'm not really sure. That's, so, that, yeah. that's always the question, unfortunately, isn't it? You know, yeah. I, I really, Fuck Stan Kroenke. I think, yeah, Stan Kroenke, you know, typical. Um, yeah. We're, honestly, I think we're, the top four, I, I think we can still get in the top four, mm. but it's going to be really difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, five points off Spurs now, that Burnley game is a very, well, it's a must win. It's a six-pointer. If we don't yep. win that and Spurs win, I don't know who they're playing, but that's eight points. That They're not dropping very many points. Teams won't drop very no. many points this season in particular. I think in particular, I think teams are stronger than the top six. So that would be a massive mountain to climb. Too. Yeah, that would be a massive mountain to climb. So I don't think we can do it. If, no, well, I don't either. Well, I think we can do it. But if we go eight points behind, it's going to be incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult because... You know, I know you watch AFTV and a lot a lot of people have their opinions on AFTV and things like that. But mm. me and you watch and a lot of people on there have been saying, and this is true, that in the top six, if you get a draw now, that's like a loss. Yeah, I think because teams are strengthened. Definitely. I think Spurs are sort of around where they were for the last three seasons or so. City yeah. have gone from strength to strength, obviously, in the last two seasons. Liverpool haven't been improving under Klopp since he's come in. They're obviously now title contenders. Chelsea are much yeah. better. It's a much stronger league this season. Well, the top six are much stronger than they have been in recent years. So, yeah, I think it's going to be harder than ever. I think it is a three-way race for those two positions between us, Chelsea and, and Spurs. And it's going to be very difficult from here on in. So, would the easier route be the Europa League, do you think? Um... I, st- I, I don't know. I don't think we should be prioritising Euro- the Europa League, particularly because we've got Bate Borisov, who are absolutely dreadful. I mean, we saw them last season. Sure. They're one of the worst teams I've ever seen us play. I think yeah. um, regardless of where we are in the league and what sort of league position we are and what sort of situation we're in come sort of February time when the Europa League uh, knockouts kick off, I, th- uh, I think sort of last 16 quarterfinal obviously got the last 32 is when we should start playing our sort of first team in the Europa League anyway regardless of our team because we want to win the trophy because it's a trophy after all it's a European trophy which we haven't really had at Arsenal so yeah I I wouldn't say we should prioritise it but I still think top four is definitely achievable okay yeah and we we certainly shouldn't give up on it uh, despite Mm. despite one loss unlike despite mm. what many people are saying. Um, but back onto mm. that game, Mkhitaryan did score in the 53rd minute. Uh, yeah. Really, that, well, that, that was an ugly goal, wasn't it? Well, that yeah, was, it was luck. It was luck. That should but, yeah. not have gone in. That should not have gone yeah. in. Well, and I think Charlie Austin ended it. So. Yeah. Well, I think Mkhitaryan, it has been coming. I mean, he's been shoot. He shoots a lot. He takes shots, which is something we're not accustomed to as Arsenal fans. Over the years, we haven't seen our players shoot when we want to. Mkhitaryan takes shots. A lot of them are quite wild. I mean, I think it was the Fulham game where he took seven shots in one game. That is sort of Harry Kane level. I mean, 
and <laughs> it hasn't really yeah. been coming off for him. Yeah, I know Harry Kane takes shot after shot, but and I think oh, yeah. sort of I remember Ramsey back in 2014. He kept shooting and he kept scoring, but he took a lot of shots and his conversion rate wasn't that high. I think it's been coming for Mkhitaryan, and then and that's what you say. You want to take a few shots like that, and you'll get goals if you like that, where it takes a lucky deflection if you do shoot more. So. That's yeah, right. I, I was happy they shot, but on the long, uh, sorry, on the Austin goal, Leno, I think he's been getting a lot of criticism, and I think he he is to blame here. It's a Leno mistake. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. I think we were caught high up the pitch. Uh, long got in behind down the right hand side, crossed it. Obviously, Austin heads it in. Leno, if he's if he's going to come, he's got to get it. I think he should stay in his goal. Yeah, but I don't know what you thought about that. That's and that's you know, because I'm not. Let's let's not lie here. Leno is the mm. better goalkeeper out of him and Petr Cech, and he yeah, really should definitely. be our starter. But there mm. are certainly weaknesses in Bern Leno's game. Yeah, I, I agree. He's not very good in the air, you mm. know. I yeah, think I think Czech, like yeah, Czech's a little better in the air than him. I would say. Yeah, I think in terms of commanding his box, I think if we'd seen Czech play as Leno had in sort of when Leno's been playing, we would have been picking up more on his inability to sort of control his box because he does seem to not be able to command his box. He's not, I don't think he's the tallest goalkeeper, which may be a factor. I think if we'd seen Czech do this, we would have picked up on it. But because Leno's a new boy, no one really wants to criticise him. And he has been very good at shot stopping. He's been good. He's much better on the ball. But yeah, that's definitely a flaw in his game, which he needs to sort of cut out. That comes with time, though, doesn't it? I mean, he's a he is a relatively young goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, twenty six. So yeah, he's got a young he's for got a goalkeeper a long ahead of him. Mm. I think he's got good goalkeeping coaches at Arsenal after yeah. um, Jerry Payton, who I don't know if you saw the Fabianski and Chesney video, where um, they were talking. Oh my gosh! Yeah, in the Polish that. thing. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So bad. this guy is a lot better. Um, I don't actually know his name, but it's it's someone that Unai Emery's brought uh, brought in. So yeah, I think he'll get better at that over time. But yeah, well, hopefully. Um, mm. Other than that, he wasn't he wasn't horrible in the game, you know. But no, he made he, a very good save good. from Yoshida. Yeah, that was a great save, and I know that mm. uh, who who knocked it in. You said. Uh, I think it was Long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and then it was. Uh... They got a goal disallowed, so didn't really. Mm. It, that could have been a bad game, and it, and it was a bad game because we mm. did pick up our first loss in 22 games. But without further ado, let's get into those player ratings, and then we'll move oh, on yeah. to the spuds. This will be interesting. Yep. So I'm going to start you off. Let's let's give you let's give you Burn Leno. What would you give him? Marks out of ten. Mm. See, with player ratings, I tend to be quite narrow in the numbers that I give. I tend to sort of be four is absolutely appalling and then eight is brilliant. So I'll give Leno a five. I think obviously he's cost us that goal. He's got to do better there and that's something he's got to improve on. And there were other moments in the game where I felt a bit nervous with balls coming into the box. Uh, Yeah, five. I think didn't have much to do, I don't think, other than that brilliant Yoshida save. So yeah, five. Five, okay. Um. I'm gonna do Stefan Lichsteiner. Uh, mm. I I thought Lichsteiner was poor yesterday, to be honest mm. with you. Yeah, I don't think he was great. 
Um, yeah, for me, let's try, because I think I think he was a good signing due to the fact that you know he was free and he's not on high wages. Yeah. He is only on a year contract, and he I think he mm. has taught Bellerin a fair bit about the right back position. Mm. But I thought yesterday. I thought yesterday was really poor. I would actually give Lichtsteiner – I'd probably give him a 4 out of 10, to be honest with you. I'm not sure that – Harsh. Yeah, and, and it is harsh because I don't think – I'll be honest, I don't think he's quick enough for the Premier League. Yeah, I yeah. Think I think at 34, he's not going to be very quick. Obviously, Serie is a lot slower. Definitely, yeah. Mm. And I just – I know that there's probably some clause in this contract that's if Emery wants to, he can extend him another year. I don't think he's going mm. to. No, I don't think I, he will. I, I think Emery has a, you know, he wants certain things out of players, you know, and uh, speed is one of them. So, yeah. Lichtsteiner, I give a four out of ten. To the high press. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think, I think he's had a monumental effect on the dressing room. You know, we see his sort of Definitely. attitude, his leadership. He's helped Bellerin clearly. But, yeah, I think we knew when we signed him, he wasn't going to have the biggest impact in games. And we probably had to use him a bit more than we wanted to due, due to injuries. But, I don't know, maybe we could see Jenkinson play more than him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you never know. Yeah. You never know. On mm. to the next, though. Laurent Koscielny. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to be too harsh on Koscielny because I think, obviously, he's had this horrible injury. It's, he's not going to be great when he comes back. He's, I mean, the Carabag game, I don't know. if Did you watch it? Oh, I did. And he didn't have to yeah. do anything, did he? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. I think Carabag were the worst team I've ever seen. Well, apart from maybe Bate Borisov, the worst team I've ever seen come to the Emirates. They were I know, it was only 1-0, but yeah. Yeah, that was that was hardly a game. That was basically a friendly. And mm. he's come into the team. Uh, we were forced to play him due to the obviously the suspensions and the injuries. And I think for the first two goals, he's got to get closer to Ings. And it is sloppy. But I don't know. I think he had some good moments. I think there was one time where they crossed it and then he made a very good clear, type of clearance. Um I don't know. I'll give Koscielny a five because I don't want to be too harsh because it was I, his first game back. I actually, I actually agree with that. And mm. I, I'll say if if Koscielny was had been back for a few weeks and had put in that performance, I'd be giving him like a three. But yeah, you know, like yeah, you said, same. he's just coming back from a horrific injury. Mm. So I think a five out of ten is a fair rate. Um, mm. I'm gonna do Monreal. Um, I'll mm. be honest with you. I thought out of the back line, I thought Monreal probably had the most decent performance. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I and I, I'd probably give Monreal. I'll, I'll give him a six. I'll give Monreal yeah, a six out of ten. Fair. You know, he's always he's always the kind of guy who's going to give you a six, seven, or eight out of ten. He's yeah. just coming back from an injury as well, and puts in a good performance. Obviously, got the assist to Henrik Mkhitaryan. So six out of yeah. ten for Monreal for me, and hopefully he can stay fit because I think he I think he does still have a couple years left in his Arsenal career. He's still yeah, got yeah. some talent. I think he's better than. Kalasanach undoubtedly defensively and going forward he seems to have a very good relationship with Iwobi so yeah definitely I'd agree with that on to the next uh, Bellerin only did play for the first half what do you give him out of 10 um I don't think we saw the best of Hector Bellerin going forward I think we had he saw glimpses you know he tried to take on a few players he tried to put in some crosses but I don't think he was the normal tacking threat that we see from him. You know, the constant outball on that right-hand side. Defensively, I think he was the player who let Target cross the ball for Ings. I'm not completely sure on that, but we definitely seemed to get exploited down that side in particular in the first half, um, mainly potentially because of Lichsteiner 
walk as Lich Dunham was playing that right side of centre back. But I think Bellerin defensively maybe could have done better to close down uh, target. That may have been Lich Dunham, so that may be being a bit harsh. But I don't know. I'll give Bellerin a six. It was sort of a solid game, but we've seen better from him and he couldn't really get into the game going forward. I think they were playing quite, they were sort of sitting back in the first half and then trying to counter. So he couldn't really get him at his best going forward. But yeah, I'll give him a six. Okay. Yeah. I actually agree with that. Five or six, I think would be good. You know, he, he's, yeah. he's looked significantly better under Emery, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I think Lichstein has played a big part in that. I agree. Yep. I agree completely. On to the mm. next, uh, Lucas Torreira. I thought Lucas Torreira mm. was good, and I thought he was one of the better players on the field yesterday, but it wasn't yeah. really his typical stellar performance that we've been seeing recently. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I- I'll probably give Torreira a seven. He-, he was one of the better players yesterday, mm. but I don't think that he put in his typical eight or nine out of ten performance. Yeah. But nonetheless, I do think he was one of the best players on the team, and what a signing he was. I mean, oh, what a definitely. signing. Best player of the season for us by a mile. Hands down. You could give him the mm. Arsenal Player of the Year award now because nobody's yeah. going to beat him today. I fucking love him. I think there's, <laughs> there's something about his height that just makes it more likable. I don't know why, but... <laughs> yeah, he's just a <laughs> little Uruguayan cunt. Oh, yeah. That's, you know that's I mean. exactly what we've needed for years because, yeah. you know, you look at some of the players you've had over the years, you know, some absolute softies, you know? Mm. And now we have this complete and utter douchebag in the midfield yeah. that will just beat the living shit out of you when yeah. you get the ball. And I just, I love it. He is, he is the white Kante. Well, he's not even white. He he's the, he's the. I think, I think Kante is the black Torreira. Oh, okay. <laughs> Potentially, I don't know. Well, and hopefully, and you know what? I'll, I'll, let me tell you what. Before we move on to, because you're going to give a rate to Guendouzi, but. Mm. I'll tell you what, I saw Torreira. Torreira's on about 50,000 pounds a week. Yeah, dude, that's that ridiculous. Got be, that's got to be doubled. That's got to yeah. be doubled. Give him a well, 10-year contract. Yeah, I'd do that right now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep those because mm. think about it. I mean, think about, you know, you look at Man City's situation, for example. I think Fernandinho mm. is one of the best defensive midfielders in the league. Yeah. But he's aging. You know, yeah, and if Pep Guardiola sees somebody like Lucas Torreira at 22 years old yeah. available, he's yeah. going to say, hey, we'll give you 200,000 pounds a week if you want to come slide over here. Yeah, exactly. And so let's give him that new being contract. Uruguayan, I think you'd be quite tempted to that. It's a bit of a stereotyping, but the Uruguayan, that sort of, you know, the Uruguayans tend to go towards money, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, and you're not, you're not wrong, Darren. Sadly, the most of the modern footballers do generally do that. Don't yeah, they? I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's hard. To, yeah, it's hard to reject Man City, isn't it? I mean, they're mm. just—they've got something crazy going on over there. Mm. So, Matteo Guendouzi, what did you give a mark out of ten? This is a difficult one. I've seen him. I remember the United game. He got a lot, a lot of praise and. I didn't think he was that exceptional. I thought he was pretty poor in the first half at Old Trafford, actually. I, I but I think he, I he grew into the game. Second half, he was much better. But yeah, I feel like, again, like Leno, he's sort of been overhyped because he's a new boy, because he has shown a lot of a lot of promise he has shown, particularly in pre-season. And he's brought it into some games this season. But 
I think he gets let off the hook a bit because he's new. I think I don't think he had a great game yesterday. I think we do miss Granit Xhaka when he's when he's put in midfield with Torreira. We miss Xhaka's control because Guendouzi is a bit more erratic. And I think he failed to control the midfield yesterday. But I don't think he was terrible. But I don't think he was his normal... He didn't have the normal influence that he can have. But I think he's still adapting to the Premier League. He's still getting better and better. And I wouldn't sort of look at this game and say, oh, there's a disaster here. Because obviously it's Guendouzi, so he's 22. And yeah, so I'll probably give him a probably give him a five or a six. I'll probably go six. Because I think it was sort of an average game for Guendouzi. And I, I agree with that. You know, I Maybe think, a five, actually. Five? Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, five or six. I, that, I think that makes sense. I mean, a lot of the mm. guys that you see on AFTV or fans even on Twitter, Guendouzi, he does just kind of seem like one of those players that doesn't yeah. get any criticism, right? Mm. Mm. And then you look at someone like Granit Jaku, I thought yesterday probably put in a relatively similar performance to Guendouzi. Yeah, but he was playing you know, people... left-sided centre-back for the first time, so... Yeah, and, think... and then Jaku was getting ridiculed, and Guendouzi yeah, was... I, I thought people it was were ridiculous. like, oh yeah, he's decent. Mm. So, well, I don't know if you saw... Yeah, I don't know if you saw Troops and Robbie's uh, show, what's it called? Bias Premier League show? Yeah, yep. Yeah, he was ridiculing him on that. And I was just, I was, well, I was pretty angry when I saw that. Just because I feel like troops in particular, they have such an agenda against Granite Xhaka. And I can understand why he frustrates players. I actually wrote an article about this for Just Arsenal uh, in the summer. And I was saying, if we sign a defensive midfielder, we will see the best of Granite Xhaka. And we have done this season. He's really flourished. He's got better. And yesterday, he was put as a left-sided centre-back. And for most of the game, he wasn't really troubled. He wasn't uh, at fault for any of the goals until maybe the 85th minute when they scored. He was uh, sort of out of position. Should have been closing down long. Like, it was on his side. But you can't really blame him because he's not a centre-back. And I thought, generally, he was was quite good in the defence. Some of his passing was good. And I think we do miss him when he's not in the midfield. We do miss his control... His, you know, generally people don't seem to recognise, but he completes more passes than pretty much any player in the Premier League. So he definitely does, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's like it's like you said. I mean, he's just ever since he's come to Arsenal, you know, people have been giving him up, giving Jack a really hard time because of he did yeah. have a big it's an agenda. Exactly, and that's and that's mm. not Jack's fault that it costs thirty-five million pounds. Exactly, it's that's not and, his fault. Mm. Well, I can understand why people get frustrated at him because sometimes he'll give the ball away in stupid areas and you just think you could have just played a five-yard pass to, to the right, if it, like you know what I mean. And yeah. I think when he does that, everyone just says, oh, he's been terrible. When In the actual fact, he'll have completed more passes in that game. He'll have a really controlling influence in that midfield. But people will just look at that one incident and say he's been terrible. And that's... that's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's... I think first, last season, we saw that he isn't a defensive midfielder and Wenger used him in the wrong system. He's playing as a defensive midfielder and he's not got that defensive awareness. He's not got that mobility to play that area. You know, he's he's essentially uh, sort of Tony Kroos or a Xavi or, exactly. or Pirlo, but obviously not exactly. at that level. But that's the type of player. I think they, it's called a regista, I think. 
Jorginho, another player. He's that type of player, and you need a ball-winning midfielder next to him. And he's well, since he's had that, he's he's played well. That's true, and yeah, and because I mean, to, just to even further prove your point, I mean, you put Guendouzi next to Granit Xhaka, not a good mm. midfield duo, but you put Lucas yeah. Pereira next to Granit Xhaka, and I, in my opinion, that's our best midfield pivot at the moment. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, yeah, and speaking of speaking of Granit Xhaka, um, mm. I. Similar to Guendouzi, I think he wasn't great yesterday. Mm. He was a little bit sloppy at times, but mm. not not dreadful. So yeah, I would I'd probably give him a five out of ten for yesterday. Yeah. Oh, uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan, what would you give him? <laughs> um, I don't think he played particularly well again. I don't think any of our attacking players played particularly well, but I think he scored twice. Obviously, first goal, very good header. Second goal, if you don't shoot, you don't score. Sure. And I think. I think he's, he he improved after he'd scored the goals. You could see the confidence in him. He had a lovely little pass he played through to Aubameyang, where Aubameyang probably should have scored, where he sort of just reached it with his pace, uh, sort of toe-poked at the keeper. That was a brilliant touch, but I don't think he had a particularly big influence in the game. And for me, I would be he's a player I would be looking to sell in January or in the summer, probably in the summer, because I don't think, although he does sort of suit the Unai Emery style and that he will press, he will work hard, He's not, I don't know, he, he doesn't have the impact which an attacking player in Arsenal team should have for me. So, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably give him a seven just because he scored twice and he had a few nice touches. But I think he's still too weak for the Premier League. He's not quick enough for the Premier League to be a winger. So, yeah, uh, yeah seven, seven. I think seven's a fair rate, and I agree with what you said about selling him. I think if Arsenal are able to get their hands on maybe, you know, a Dembele would be ideal. But yeah, I think, <laughs> think that's a think bit that's unlikely. Yeah, yeah, but more more than more likely, you know, maybe a Nicolas Pepe or a, a yeah. Christian Pavon. You know, I yeah. think if we could get our hands Lozano. on one of them, maybe. Yeah, Lozano. From mm. uh, where's he playing? He's playing at uh, PSV. Ajax, oh, PSV. 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 Right. Yeah, yeah, destroyed yeah, Tottenham. And, uh, Oh yeah, that oh that's why you want him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look very good in yeah, that, and in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that one of one of any of those guys for Henrik Mkhitaryan would add a significantly better balance to the team. Yeah, um, Alex well, Mkhit- Wobie, mm. What were we going to say about Mkhitaryan? Sorry, uh, Mkhitaryan sort of reminds me of Walcott in a strange way, in that. I don't know what it is. When he plays badly, he really plays badly. The Bournemouth game, he was absolutely abysmal. I mean, every time he got it, he was skying the ball. He was losing the ball. He was getting shoved off the ball. And yeah, I don't, there's something about him. I think he's about the same level as Walcott, if I'm completely honest. He had a very good season in Dortmund where it's not quite as physical and it suited him. I think he got 23 goals and 32 assists. But yeah, I, I just don't think he suits the Premier League. And Walcott is a player that I probably prefer Walcott at the moment just because Walcott did score goals. Although, yeah, I don't know. I just see Walcott in Mkhitaryan a bit. Yeah, no, and I, and I think that the biggest thing, the biggest um, similarity between the two is Walcott, especially at the end of his Arsenal career, his confidence was shot. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think that's exactly what Henrik Mkhitaryan is going through, and mm. I I agree with what you were saying earlier before we started the podcast. Um, I really think mm. we only brought in Henrik Mkhitaryan to soften the blow of losing Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, 
because yeah, well, just... I don't think we would have got what 20, 30 million for Sanchez. We might as well have got a player in return. Exactly. Yeah, and and Mkhitaryan because you look at Mkhitaryan, you know, he he's not a winger. You know, let's mm. he's and if and if he is a winger, it's he's a pretty slow one. So yeah. I, I would per, like I would classify him more as maybe like a right mid or like a maybe even a center attacking mid. And if yeah. he is a center I don't, I don't mid, think he's got that. I don't think he's got the ability to play center attacking midfield in the Premier League. I don't, I don't think he's think got. So yeah, when he did it for United, he was pretty lackluster. So mm. yeah, I think yeah, he's another player like Lichsteiner who is just not quick enough for the Premier League, is he? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Not got the physicality. So, yeah. Uh, Alex Iwobi, uh, mm. if he was okay. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't great. I will say about Alex Iwobi, and we're going to wrap this up quick so we can move on to the Tottenham game. But I will yeah. say about Alex Iwobi, um, some of the stick he's been getting after having, like, what, maybe, what would you say, maybe two or three poor, not even poor games, mm. just not great games. Yeah. Some of the stick he's I'd been agree. getting is ridiculous. I mean, we've just been raving about how good he's been, how much he's improved on Emery, his decision-making, his confidence, the, his desire to take people on. And now he's getting this stick. I, I thought he was... I was saying this earlier. He's good from deeper areas. You know, he drives the team forward. He's skillful. He's got. He's powerful in his dribbling. But I do think his decision-making in the final third is improving. He doesn't score anywhere near enough goals. He doesn't get in enough assists. But he gets quite a few pre-assists, yeah. I think if he can improve in the final third, he will be a top player, and I don't really agree with the criticism he's been getting. He's he's another one of those players similarly to to Granite Jaka, isn't he? I yeah. mean, if he just yeah. does one thing wrong, he just gets slated. Yeah, I don't really get it. So I I don't think he was dreadful yesterday, but mm. I also don't think he's good. I would give I probably give I probably give a Wobby a five out of ten. Yeah. Wobby a five. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I think he started really well. I think his movement was good. I think Guendouzi played a good ball over the top. He took it very nicely. Probably should have scored. Um, McCarthy was forced into a good save. I thought his hold-up play was better than it has been, and I think it has been better recently. And he does look better down the middle than on the left. Um, should he have scored? I think potentially he should have scored when Mkhitaryan played him in early in the first half. He probably should have scored uh, that chance that I was just talking about. But I thought his hold-up play was better, and I thought he was one of our better attacking players in the day. But obviously, he didn't score, and when a striker doesn't score, you can't rate him that highly unless he has an outstanding game where he holds the ball up. So I'll probably give him a six. Six, yeah, I think six is a fair, a fair rating. You know, he's and he's one of those players that, like Matteo Guendouzi, like Alexandre mm. Lacazette, he never gets any stick. You know, people yeah. are always going to give yeah. him a seven or eight out of ten, no matter what he does. And I thought mm. yesterday. He was average at best, mm. you know. I, I and I probably I probably agree with your six out of ten as well. Mm. Uh, moving on to the subs, first one that came on at halftime was Alexandre Lacazette. He came off mm. for the came on for the injured Bellerin, and it was just a change in formation, essentially going into the second half. Uh, he got an assist coming on, and yeah. I thought he did pretty well actually. And I think I will say this: I think that we're a better team when Lacazette's on the pitch. Yeah, completely agree. So I probably. Could, I give Lacazette a six out of ten, and Alfie Mezzadozo. Um. Well, firstly, on Lacazette, I thought I think six is a bit harsh. I thought he had a huge impact. I think 
similar similarly to United when he came on he completely changed our game we were much just better generally um played with more urgency when he came on and gave us more of a focal point anyway Ozil quite difficult to analyze him when he only played 25 minutes and I think you when you watch that game you just think oh as Ozil didn't have a particularly good big impact but I saw on Twitter after I think it was a stat saying he completed two key passes, which was more than any of our player any of our players managed to complete in that game. And that's the sort of player he is. You know, you think he hasn't had that big an impact in the game, but then you then you go and well, you just find out later that he's completed more passes or he's had more key passes or he's created more chances than anyone else on the pitch. And yeah, he didn't have a particularly big impact, but he did create two good chances. Um I don't actually remember what they were, but that was what the stat said on Twitter. So I don't know. I'll, I'll give him a six. I think actually their goal led to him trying to dummy the ball and then no one was behind him. So the Southampton player just took it and then played it over, over the top to long. So that was a bit uh, poor from him. So I just give him a six because he didn't really, I don't know, 25 minutes, you can't really assess it. Okay. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. In my opinion, I don't really think this was the game for Ozil. I think mm. if I was – I don't think I would have put on – I think I would have probably gone for Ramsey. Yeah, I agree. A deep-lying, you know, or a, a late-run-making center-attacking midfielder, you know, I think that would have mm. probably gave us a lot more because um, we were looking for a goal in the game, you know. And mm. Ozil can provide a goal, but he's not great at scoring them. So. Yeah, oh, yeah uh, I agree. And Maitland-Niles came on late in the game, didn't really have a chance to make any yeah. impact. You know, it wasn't on Can't say too much. Yeah, just give him a standard five. Um, so let's move on to the spuds. <laughs> let's move on to the spuds. Oh. We got we got about nineteen minutes to do this. Okay. okay. So let, this is how we want to start it off. Let's let's start off with what lineup you would go with. Um, okay. We'll just we'll go by we'll do formation that you'd go with first, and then we'll do uh, who you'd start in each individual position. So. My preferred formation going into this game is not one that I think Unai Emery is actually going to do, but mm. I would like to see Arsenal at least give it a try. And I picked a four-four-two. Mm. Yeah, you go I with can see where you're coming from. Um, I think it definitely depends on who's available. If Kalasinac is available, uh, I think we may have to go with four at the back, just due to pretty much no other option. Um, yep, that's I agree. So, I personally, I'd like to see us go three-five-two because that was the formation that destroyed Tottenham in the second half of that game with Ramsey uh, in behind Aubameyang, Lacazette. But I think because of the defensive defensive deficiencies, I'd probably say we have to go with a four-two-three-one. Four-two-three-one. Yeah, it's a, and I agree. Three-five-two is actually what I would go with because you know it'd be nice yeah. to have. Kalashnik plan as a wing back, but we don't know if he's fit. You know, me and yeah. you were talking about it uh, in the in the first podcast we tried to record that lasted about three minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, he gets he picks up these mysterious injuries that we have no idea where they come from. So yeah, we, is he going to be fit? Who knows? You know, mm. but yeah. you go with the four two three one. I go with the four four two. Starting in goal, I have actually I have Petr Cech. Who would you go with? Yeah, I'll go Cech. I think Leno. May have lost a bit of confidence, probably not, but also it's a cup game. 
give Czech a run out. He hasn't played in a few weeks. He didn't really do that much to lose his place, although his distribution was poor. He was making good saves, so yeah, I'd start Czech. Yeah, I, yeah. And, and like you said, he didn't do much to lose his starting position, did he? I mean, I think under mm. Emery, he's one of the players like Iwobi, like Bellerin, that has actually improved quite a bit. Yeah. And if you, I mean, I was making comments about this on Twitter. No one, no one even saw or agreed with me. But I don't know if you saw him in the preseason training. He looked jacked, didn't he? Yeah, he he did look ripped. Yeah, he got big. I did notice that. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't say he's improved his game necessarily. I would say, I mean, his passing and his distribution has probably improved a bit. But I still think it was it was woeful last season. It was woeful this season. I just think. He's had slightly better defense in front of him, and he was making some. He was his short stopping has always been good, and at thirty six, I don't think he's improving that much. But yeah, I think he's got to play this game. I think Leno probably should get a rest. Yeah, and yeah, Czech's definitely still got a role to play. Yeah. in the squad. Um, so for the back four, because we're both going with back fours, mm. I have Lichtsteiner starting as a right back, mm. uh, Mustafi and Socrates. If Mustafi is fit. Yeah. If Mustafi's not fit, I would go with the young kid. I'd go with Medley yeah. in this game, and I know that's a bit that's a bit ballsy. Mm. But I think he he looked good from what we've seen. But if mm. Mustafi's fit, I would start him next to Socrates, and then over on the left back position. I don't think Kalashnikov's particularly good at playing as a left back. I think he's better as a left wing back. Yeah, I agree. So I'd have not yeah. on Real. Um. Well, I actually. Slightly different right back. I'd probably not go with Lichsteiner just because I think Maitland Niles is playing very well at the moment. I think he was very good against Karabag. He came off the bench. Maybe Lichsteiner picked up an injury, came off. That was sort of, unless it was a tactical substitution, it was a bit of a strange tactical substitution um, yeah. because you wouldn't really make a right back uh, for right back. Sub, but yeah, maybe Lichtsteiner picked up an injury as well. We don't know that. We definitely know Bellerin's not uh, Bellerin's out, which is going to be a blow. Yeah, I'll just I'll go Maitland Niles over Lichtsteiner right back, just because I think he's quicker. It may be Son on that left hand side. I think so. So, do you want a slightly quicker player? Yeah, I'll go Maitland Niles, and I think he deserves a chance. Uh, Centre backs. Yeah. Um, Again, then again, it it depends if Mustafi's fit. If Mustafi's fit, then obviously I'll go with Mustafi Kashoni. Uh, sorry, not Kashoni. Socrates. I think Kashoni can't play again with the amount of football he's played recently. Um, I agree. That's just not I an option. I think he has to be rest. He has to be rested. So yeah, it'd be Socrates and Mustafi. If Mustafi's not fit, I'd agree. I'd go with Medley. I think Medley's looked good when he's come on the Europa League. Obviously, this is a huge step up. So it would be a risk, yeah, but I think he's read, ready. I've seen him a bit in the under-23s as well. He's looked good. So, yeah, I would opt for Medley if Mustafi isn't fit. And then, yeah, I'd agree Monreal left-back. I think if we'd be going with a back three, I would have gone with Monreal, uh, Socrates and Mustafi. But yeah. I'm not sure Mustafi's been fit, and I wouldn't put Medley in a back three because I don't think he's played... Um, I don't think he's played in a back three before, maybe a bit of a risk, although maybe not. Um, and then I would have played Kalasanac at left wing back, but instead with a back four, it has to be Montreal. I think Kalasanac defensively is just not good enough, particularly in this sort of game. So yeah, I'll go Montreal. Yeah. And uh, we're going to, let's blast through the rest of this lineup. Then we'll go through a couple yeah, of okay. players and then a prediction. 
because we are we're running out of time. Uh, yeah, I know. I speak too much. No, that's all right. I love it, man. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I've had a great time. Um, yeah, same. Midfield pivot. I would the uh, the two center mids. I'd go with uh, Granite Jack and Lucas Torreira. What about you? Yeah, completely agree. I think a lot of people are saying we should be resting players. It's only the league cup, but it's Spurs. I think we can, although Burnley is a six-pointer, we can rest players there because Burnley aren't playing particularly well, although Tottenham just beat them. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And you you went with a different formation. So who's your front three uh, just behind the striker? Um, I'll go with Ramsey in the number 10 role. I think Ozil is an option, but I just think if we have to look at... Um, how we destroyed Spurs in the second half uh, a few weeks ago, and it was with Ramsey in the number 10 role and uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette in front, which is why I would prefer to play the 3 5 2, but obviously that's not really an option because of our defensive issues. It could be if Mustafi's fit, but yeah, I would go with Ramsey in the number 10 role, uh, Mikatarian probably on the right just because his confidence has probably been boosted, although I wouldn't sure. be that against playing Smith-Rowe. Maybe a bit of left-of-field suggestion. If Smith-Rowe was fit, I know he is more of a number 10, but I think in this game, you'd have to put him out wide. I, I would... I know it's a League Cup, and I, I wouldn't be against playing him there if he's fit, but didn't play against Carabag, so I don't think he's available. So, yeah, it'd probably yeah, be Mkhitaryan, and then it would have to be Aubameyang on the left. It's not ideal, and ideally it would be Ramsey in behind Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang. But yeah, I'd have to go with Aubameyang on the left-hand side. Okay. Yeah, and, and I went with the four-four-two. So I have my two wide players as I have, I have Alex Awobi starting on the left-hand mm. side. You know, I think he's been good this season under Unai Emery. Yeah. And then on the right side, I did have Henrik Mkhitaryan. But I like what you said there about Emil Smith-Rowe. I didn't even think of yeah. that. So. Mm. If, yeah, maybe if Emil Smith Rowe is fit, maybe you could put him in there for Mkhitaryan because yeah, he's, he's a sensational talent, isn't he? Yeah, oh, I love him. I love him. Blonde as well. Got a bright There's not many yep, blonde there guys out there. Are, I know. His little buddies. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, then my front two, obviously Lacazette and Aubameyang. You got to. Yeah. They got to both be on the pitch. I'm yeah. assuming you went with Lacazette up front, obviously. Yeah, I did. Um, and Ketia. Maybe League Cup, but I, I think it's Spurs. You have to go with Lacazette up front. Um, Lacazette, I think he's been one of our best players this season. He doesn't score as many goals as Aubameyang, but he's more of a focal point. And yeah, I would love to see them playing, but unfortunately, it's not really going to work with our defensive deficiencies at the moment. True. Yeah, and and you know, on on Lacazette before we get into the to the closing stages of this podcast, Lacazette's a big mm. game player, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, always, he is. I mean, scored against Liverpool, Spurs, uh, United. That was his goal. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah it was. last season, United, Atletico, City. He scores in big goal in big games. So yeah, yep, he does, and that and that's that's why you got to have a player like Lacazette playing. So yeah, key player for Arsenal going into this game. Who do you think the key player is? Um. Well, you. Probably say the likes of you know Torreira, Lacazette. I'm gonna go with Ramsey just because Ramsey, of okay. the impact that he made off the bench against Spurs. He picked up those pocket, picked up the ball in those pocket pockets, drove the team forward, found those little passes, and he really it really worked in that formation when we had Aubameyang and Lacazette playing as a strict uh, uh, split strike partnership. Can't speak, mm-hmm. and then Ramsey <laughs> coming in through the middle. 
you know, making runs in beyond them. And I think he can do that. He can link up well with Lacazette. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Ramsey. Ramsey? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, on Ramsey, you know, I I thought Ramsey was next to, prob- next to Torreira and Aubameyang was probably a contender for man of the match in our last game against Tottenham, wasn't he? Yeah. Completely, yeah. completely changed the game when he came on. Yeah, completely. yeah. I agree with that. I would personally go with, I personally go with Socrates in this one, actually, as my mm. key player. I think that, you know, you look at what happened last North London derby. I, I didn't even see Kane at all besides the yeah. And I yeah, think that Socrates, was Adam is Socrates. Mm. And key player from Tottenham, the player from Tottenham that I'm the most worried about is actually Stonehorn Min. Yeah. He was, and also for the record, he is a diver, complete diver. Yeah, Korean that was a dive. <laughs> yeah. But I, I am worried about it because he is incredibly quick. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, obviously, he was probably the player that caused us the most problems in that game. Had a good early shot from Leno, saved, and obviously won the penalty. And he's in great form. The good goal against Chelsea, which I think is a bit overhyped. I think it was terrible defending. I think reminded me of Hazard's goal against us a few years ago. I think it was overhyped. But yeah, Son, he's a threat. And I genuinely get worried when he gets the ball against us. So yeah, I'd have to go with Son as well. Yeah. Um, prediction for this game? Uh, I've got a back us. I'm going to be there, so it's going to be a great Ooh. atmosphere again. Yeah, I know. Ninth consecutive home game I'm going to, which oh, is a record man, for me. A true, um, a true Arsenal fan. Yeah. Good boy. Well, American fans get a lot of hate and just foreign fans in general from fans in the UK, but I actually rate them a lot. I mean, the what time did you have to get up to see that Southampton game? Must have been really early. That was that was seven in the morning. Well, see, that just sort of disproves anything that any of these English fans say. You know, you have to get up at ridiculous times. We don't really. So, yeah. Anyway, well, back on the game. Here's, yeah, here's I'm going to have to... to yeah, of course. Uh, I'm going to have to back us. I'm going to say 2-1. Lacazette winner. Oh, uh, you know what? That was my prediction, but I'm gonna have to I'm I'm gonna have to disagree now. You think Lacazette's gonna get the winner? Yeah. I'm gonna go with all right. I'm gonna go with I always do I always do ballsy predictions on this podcast, all right? Mm, okay. I'm gonna go Arsenal one, Tottenham nil. A defensive masterclass from, from Medley and Mustafi. And Med no, yeah, no, that's right. Socrates that's right. and Medley. Socrates yep. and Medley. 87th minute, Medley scores, jumping up like a salmon <laughs> off a corner. And smashes I love it. past Laurie's French little thin mustache. <laughs> He's probably drunk as well. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <Woo>! That's true, <laughs> yeah. That is why North London will always be red, Chelsea and mm. Tottenham, because we don't have guys like Marcus Alonso and Hugo mm. Lloris that drive while they're drunk. Although we have players on on laughing gas. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. It's well, probably better than alcohol, true. though. That's true. I would rather I would rather see my players sucking out of balloons and the, almost killing people in their cars drunk off the yep. booze. Exactly. But, ladies and gentlemen, it has been so fun. Alfie, you it are has. more than welcome to come on this podcast as a mainstay if you want. I to. can't wait. I had, a, I had a grand time with you, man. You're excellent. Yep. You're funny you're great you're insightful thanks and this is going to be this is the best podcast yet 55 minutes we're 
we're probably just going to draw it to a close. I got to go to work. That sucks. Yeah. But Alfie, <laughs> cheers to you, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very and, much. And it's been a pleasure. Uh, just it's been a pleasure, and hope to do it again. Yeah, yeah, we'll look into it. We'll we'll talk privately about it over DMs, and yeah, we'll we'll make this happen again because this was great, really fun. Mm. All yeah, right, it's well, been great. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good week. You. you too, man. And to all the people listening, thank you for tagging along. You know, as you know, we gave mm. Alfie a shout out to the beginning. Be sure to mm. follow me on Twitter at Daniel underscore Finton. You can also find me on YouTube. I've got thirty subscribers now, so not quite to Alfie's level, but <laughs> I'll get there soon. Mark my words. Yeah. <laughs> You will, you will. Be sure to subscribe to me there. Uh, Go ahead. Keep listening to this podcast. You know, I love doing it. And I love to have Alfie on it as well. So thank you all for coming along. And we will see you all. We'll see you all sometime. We're not going to make a, we're not going to make a day, but we'll see you all sometimes. And maybe, maybe we can make a consistent day out of this, but we will see on to Tottenham tomorrow. Come on, Arsenal. Come on.